0: And we are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What's up, guys? Nick Scripp here on the P2W Fantasy Podcast. Super, super excited about this this mid-May show here with a great guest. So I want to make sure that uh, before we talk about anything football-related that I introduce the guy to my my left or right, however it appears on your screen here, Joe Dolan. So Joe Dolan, history of top rankings on Fantasy Pros, uh, Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association radio show of the year award winner, experience with uh, other sites and podcasting but now you are the uh, one of the owners and managing editors of fantasypoints.com and I know that you have been plugging away this offseason hosting some shows you've had some uh, positional tracker articles being released um, great to have you on man and uh, where, where can we find you on social media for one and for two can you uh, tell us a bit more about how uh, how this offseason works for you right now?
1: oh for sure hi nick hi everybody uh i have uh, i have the little uh, calling card there just like you do uh on if you're watching a video <laughs> if you dare look at us um, um, um my uh, twitter handle is at fg underscore dolan um you can fi- find me there my my uh, instagram is joe dolan ff that's more just pictures of my dogs i think than anything else but if uh, you, if you like that, if you like yeah. greyhounds uh <laughs> then you, you can follow me there oh man it's great to be here it's great to be on um I finally have hit kind of like a light-ish spell after the draft and putting together you know our prospect guide where Greg Cosell's sending me all of his scouting reports which which we have available up at fantasypoints.com, which is an invaluable resource by the way especially for those of you who are playing dynasty but no I mean dude I like everybody tell ask me every single year they're like oh you're you do fantasy football that's great what do you do from February through september and i'm like basically that means i that's when i'm getting ready for september and you know since the proliferation of best ball leagues it's really become a lot better um, for me to be formulating you know opinions and formulating directions which way i'm going to go so i'm doing best ball drafts i'm doing you know analysis based on those i'm doing um all kinds of like just making mental notes uh, from doing best ball drafts, and you know, we're going to be continuing uh, churning stuff out. When it comes to the to the site, we have some absolutely monstrous—I mean, monstrous—things upcoming. Like, I, like we 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 just launched a PGA package, which I think is great. We were getting some young guys off the ground. Um, we want to get that content out in front of as many people yep. as we can, um, because I think these guys are super talented, and, and we—I think we're going to offer it at a Really reasonable price, which is I I don't want to be a salesman here, but which is what I think um, I think our calling card is at Fantasy Points. But we are launching um, without not put too fine a point on it, like a major, massive, massive data side of our company with tracking um, and all of that native and like we the whole focus is like we at Fantasy Points. We're like not not disrespecting the work other people are doing. Like sure, that sure. it's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. It's more like we're just kind of sick of going everywhere for this when we're like, why don't we just do it here and yeah. have numbers that we trust? So that's coming down the pike. Um, I am not a huge player in that, but you know, that look we we hire good people for it that's what we do so um i'm mostly just the babbling bobblehead here that you're going to see here and you know i have some plans for our youtube mm-hmm. uh, page a little bit uh, like um i think it's still kind of an underutilized kind of um of place for fantasy mm-hmm. and i'm not just talking like look we're doing podcasts you can do your live streams and put them on youtube Yeah, but, you know the there's an element to that where, like, you know, well, could this be better as a podcast? All that stuff. I want to mm-hmm. do something that, like, you can come to every day at, like, your lunch break or something and consume 10 to 15 minutes and get caught up. Um, and I yeah. think I'm going to start doing that this summer. I'm, st- I'm still ironing, ironing out the plants, but that's something that I have down uh, in the pike for this season. But, I mean, ultimately, right now in May, taking a deep breath. Going up to my sister's wedding. I'm actually. I. I am marrying my sister in. Uh, let me rephrase.
0: I was about to say you might. You might have to switch some wording. I am. There.
1: I am the officiant in my sister's wedding.
0: There, all right. There we go. There we go.
1: I. Dude. I am ordained.
0: That. I got for ordained a, for how long? For how um, long? You been? I've
1: been ordained for like six months.
0: All, all right. Went online right.
1: to do it. Took me about three minutes. And now, via the universal light church in beautiful modesto california i am the reverend joe dolan so
0: so with some something like that just just not to get on a tangent here but uh you we talk about putting in the reps for a lot of things in life right you want to shoot shoot a basketball better you got to put in the reps you want to podcast better you have to put in the reps for something like this are, are you like uh doing some 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 practice uh uh or, or, ordaining or whatever the verb I, is for that, uh... or how does this work
1: I've done it already,
0: actually. Oh, all right. All now right.
1: this is the first one I'm actually ordained for because I did it for my for my a couple of my friends uh, a few years back, but they were actually uh, already legally married. They went to the courthouse and were okay. actually married. Um, this one I'm actually like I think I, I think I am the I am the vicar of Christ I guess in this marriage <laughs>
0: I, I suppose, <laughs>
1: which is like a probably not probably not what the good Lord had intended. Oh, that is is, uh, very
0: interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. So if you didn't have enough on your plate already, you just continue to extend these these uh, these roles and just keep just building up.
1: But it's all stressful to me, too. Like, you know, I'm going to Punta Cana in June, like going to the Dominican Republic. And like the first thing that comes to my mind, And let me tell you, this is probably not healthy. But the first thing that comes to my mind is like I have the franchise focus series that we do at fantasy points, which is like mm-hmm. basically an article on a podcast for all 32 NFL teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm want to do something this year where I do a, like a five to 10 minute interview with a beat writer for that team about a fantasy relevant question. Okay. Well, My brain is like, Oh my God, I'm going away for 10 days in June. How am I going to pull this off? So I really need to take a chill pill, but anyway,
0: that's- it's, it's tough. And everybody, th- a lot of people that just play season long fantasy think that it's, very focused on that, but like you said before, you know there there's down times, but then you go from recapping last season to preparing for the NFL draft to recapping the NFL draft, doing rookie drafts, dynasty stuff, and you just keep the ball rolling all the time. But mm-hmm. uh, I I love I love uh the fact that FantasyPoints.com obviously this podcast is affiliated with the Fantasy Points Media Group. I love the fact that you are like hinting some news of dropping even more stuff for that site because uh, I speak on it all the time that it, it, it has been a one-stop shop for what you're looking for, you know, rankings, projections, articles. You just go down the list, media content, uh, advanced stats, and now you guys continue to add more. So uh, if it wasn't a one-stop shop before, it just continues to be that. So I think that is huge news for uh, you guys there. But um, uh, if you guys are tuning in, uh, I got some people in the comments already. Uh, D Brown, we got Matt Donnelly. There's um, people chiming in there. And if you want to comment on this podcast, we can't see it from Twitter. So you have to go to the YouTube channel, but you can do it there. But we have a great show here today. Uh, I'm going to pick Joe's brain on some dynasty startup, this or that. So taking two guys and asking Joe who he prefers. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about content creating after this, but should be a great show. Really thankful of Joe's time. So stick with us for it. Fear the gift, I feel what I can't forgive. I go out in this time, yeah, I won't regret. I'll pick the best on trip, they don't understand. I play the win, yeah. Play the win, I play the win, yeah, yeah. Play the win, I play the win. play the win, I play the win, yeah, yeah, play the win, I play the win. Alright, all right. So uh this podcast specifically we, we have um, or I have some people that uh, might make some sort of fantasy content. It might be something huge where they're doing this stuff every single day, dropping some sort of, you know, set of set of data or articles or podcasts, or they might just do something casually, but uh, they're curious about, you know, what, it, what, uh, what's some learning points from creating fantasy uh, content in general. And obviously you've been doing it for a while. So a very, very generic question here, but uh, I like to actually ask this this question to people that come, uh, come on the show is uh, what's a piece of fantasy content creating advice that you can give from your experience to somebody that might either be starting to yeah. produce some sort of content or thinking about it?
1: Yeah, I, I like I really don't like to like go up on a soapbox, you know, because like ultimately and I, 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 I always feel bad when I'm asked this question because I really got lucky um you know I I I can write like I know that's one of the things I can do like and I know you know once I started teaching college and teaching journalism I started to realize what you can write actually means because there's a lot of people who cannot and it's and it's glaring um but to me that wasn't like an overly marketable skill and like I guess I can talk a little bit but like you know from my perspective I really did get lucky you know I I Basically graduated college for, for me, like, to get into this industry at the absolute right time. I graduated in 2008. I immediately took a season-long kind of internship with the Philadelphia Eagles. And right then, John Hansen decided at then at Fantasy Guru that he was going to expand and wanted some young guys to come on board and I was, you know, I had written a fantasy column for the Eagles. So I had some experience, yeah. but that was still the wild West man of, of fantasy content. Like fantasy content was not what it is now. I mean, you've got ESPN and NFL network producing major shows mm-hmm. on their networks about that. That was not the case then, you know? Um, so I got lucky. I got in the door at the right time. And I would have to say, like, from my perspective. It would be, and, and I mean this as somebody who is not good at these things, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Yeah, and I mean, create your voice in that way. You know, it's kind of amazing to me how I've kind of turned into an old head now. I'm 35. I started in the industry when I was 22. Um, That's
0: huh.
1: And I've grown. Like I grew in this industry. Like when we when we brought Graham Barfield in, mm-hmm. um, at first at Fantasy Guru, and then here at Fantasy Points. He had made a brand for himself just by grinding on Twitter. Like, he was way more qualified for the job he got than I was when I got it. So, you know, I I, got to be honest to you, man. I feel bad when I get asked this question. And I'm just glad I've been able to carve out my miniature slice of of this industry, you know, with all the talented people Mm -hmm. in it. And I mean, like, I, I just... It's a really difficult thing for me because some people will tell you, "Oh, you gotta be willing to not get paid," and I kind of think that's bullshit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I mean, yeah. if you
1: if you can do that, yeah, great. Like, um, but like, if you're like, you know, like I, I at the very least, if we have somebody who's writing for our website, mm-hmm. like I want to i want that person to get paid you know like like you you know so um i i i always say that if you think you can do it and you're privileged enough to do that by all means yeah you know um understand that it is probably privileged for you to do that but you know um i know what it's like to work in the industry like when i'm or when i when i started with with uh, when i was with the philadelphia eagles i did not get paid very well i mean i got Mm. paid um internship though
0: right you said yeah
1: yeah Yeah. i mean it was i was living in a bedroom with three guys i didn't know in a house with three guys i didn't know because i had to you know just do that and i'm eating wawa every night i'm gaining fucking weight you know like um i understand what it's like to have to to do that and uh, you know and, and it's not i look would i do that again absolutely like yeah, I, I, yeah dude I was in an NFL locker room at 21 years old okay a little like,
0: different than, than what I think I was doing at 21 to be right, honest uh,
1: oh believe me I was doing a lot of what you were doing all at right, 21 no, too. All, right like, all right fair enough fair there enough. was a balance there but um I was doing that at like 25 and 26 too like so
0: I think like, I was doing that at like 28 I just turned yeah. <laughs> 30 so things are different for me now but yeah, yeah go ahead.
1: um but no like it, it, to me you know I, I I did I got lucky and yeah um but, the only thing is I hope I can help other people get lucky just, just in that regard, you know what I mean? So, um,
0: but, but to a degree, not, not to, not say you weren't lucky, but to yeah. a degree, you kind of put yourself in positions to where you were doing some sort of work in the industry. And it kind of just fell into, it sounds like it fell into the next opportunity opportunity and the next one. Uh, right. And I mean, I think, you know, not to say you weren't lucky at times, but I think some people might say, oh, this guy got lucky because he was just tweeting a bunch of stuff. And then one day somebody was like, get this guy, you know, on my podcast and pay him a yeah. bunch of stuff. No, you were doing a bunch of stuff. I mean, like, also,
1: I, like, I and, and for lack of a better term, be obnoxious, you know, like you know, tweet at people, yeah, engage. I don't do enough of this, by the way. I don't engage enough. Like I tweet a lot because I always have to have diarrhea of the mouth or fingers or whatever.
0: Minds I, turning all the time. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, but like, I don't necessarily engage enough with like somebody's s- putting like, for instance, we're going to do uh, over the next couple of minutes, we're going to do these, this or that for the dynasty star. I don't engage enough on that stuff on Twitter. Like i do that stuff, man. It's like, just like be annoying. Like, like honestly, like, in ways you almost want people who who might be in the industry or or just like are, are consuming content from fantasy. Sure, sure. Not even necessary, not even necessarily somebody who's has any angles to be in the industry, but somebody who we want to be able to reach out to and market ourselves to or um or just engage with. Somebody yeah. who has a job where fantasy football is their escape from that job. Those people, those the, the you, you know the meme, the sicko's meme. Where the guy's people looking in the window and he's got a t-shirt that says sickos and it's like ha ha yes we like the people who are the sickos who will be watching a fantasy podcast on may 16th at 7:16 p.m eastern yeah, time yeah those yeah. are the people be like make those people think oh this fucking guy again you know he's coming up in this sure, conversation sure. right you sure. know so i'm uh, sorry I, I didn't know if is language okay on this podcast it, they're all
0: labeled explicit because i got uh i got a, a, a mouth myself sometimes so it's all it's all good i i right. uh, i have to cut myself off uh from time to time but I, i'm with that though as well with uh with the uh um being annoying thing I, I i was just talking to somebody the other day who um a buddy of mine and i have a website that's not really a website it's more of like a house for somebody to release mm-hmm. articles and it's a it's a buddy of mine. He wanted to do some baseball stuff. And I was like, that's fine. Like you use, use my platform that I have from the P2W uh, there and you can just make an article, but he would release it once a week and never touch it again and not talk about it at all. I'm like, dude, you gotta, I said the same thing. You gotta fucking like blast it out every day and get as many people to look at it as possible because you can't bank on. You know, the one time you release something or have a set of statistics or mm-hmm. do anything like that for the world to see it that one single time. So I'm <clears throat> I'm all for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I want people at some point and I understand it's it's organic, like, well, and maybe sometimes it isn't organic, but it's almost like what what's uh, exponential. I want people to see like this little uh, thing here and know what that means
0: and know what it is yeah.
1: yeah yeah like so um I. by the way i'm pointing at my hat which has the fantasy point yeah, it. i got
0: i got the, oh, yeah, oh the okay one, yeah. whipping I mean, it out I,
1: I do think it's a pretty cool logo so like i i just want to no i like that's just the way i look at it and honestly we need to be better at that and you know it, look ultimately here's the deal like we're talking about our fledgling golf package that <clears> just came <throat> out i know the content's good I edit it. Yeah. I, re- I read every single article that comes to our website. So I know it's good. It's just a matter of getting people to see it. And whether we're professional or amateur or not, it's the, that's that's the key. And yeah, be annoying. Be obnoxious. Like, shit, you I don't go. care about my mentions. Like, you know, yeah. I might disagree with you. Don't insult me. Like, some, yeah, dude, some dude was on, like, um, my Twitter. All he does is, like, tweet at me to insult me. Uh, which is, like, I, I mean, I, uh, I would have taken that Way differently, like, even five years ago than I do now.
0: But, I mean... That guy's persistent I mean it's almost well, to your mean, point that I don't pers- want you to
1: do that by the way <laughs> no, don't like no, no, go no. tweet at Matthew Barry all the time with the clown him
0: emojis him. going on or yeah uh, to
1: tell him I hope you get hemorrhoids or something don't yeah. do that
0: like actually as- I I, yeah, I had a guy recently this past week uh, he kept commenting on stuff uh just saying like like silly on like a, a picture of something you just be like silly silly so, but he followed me I I don't know I mean, so weird right. like, a weird, weird, uh, I weird think uh, this world guy there
1: followed me and like I tweeted one time like I forget what it was and like it was something like, I've never been to a Buffalo Wild Wings, okay? <clears throat> like, literally, because I uh, this is during the NCAA tournament, because you see all those commercials, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I uh, can't imagine there's a restaurant you haven't seen the inside of. I was like, fuck you, buddy. Like, <laughs> holy, like, <laughs> to dude. Be, like,
0: <laughs> to be honest, feelings hurt or, or no?
1: Um, not really. Um, that, well, that
0: was the point I was getting. At. I just thought it hurt you too bad.
1: Ob, ob, I thought it was obnoxiously mean. Like, I'm like, why would you say that to somebody? First and foremost, yeah. I've well, lost like 20 pounds in the last year, buddy. So screw yourself. First like, of all,
0: yeah, yeah, that, that, but like, but yeah. I mean, it's a wild world out there in the on the internet where you you can uh, say pretty much anything you want. I, I forgot the, uh, and this will be the last thing. and Then we'll talk about some football. But I'll just put this, it this way: I looked well, at his
1: Twitter profile.
0: And it was a And a, it made a, a lot receiver. of sense.
1: It made a lot of sense. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
0: The the uh the old the old uh tweet. Um there it never uh,
1: it never fails typecasting these
0: people. No, no, it. no. The, the the set of tweets that I liked one time, and then we'll we'll talk about some football here is uh there was a boxer and some guy tweeted at the boxer, I forgot who it was, and he's like, Just hang it up, like you you you're washed. like you can't fight anymore, you suck like he was ripping him, and the guy goes, in response to him, this boxer, he goes, Hey, like don't say this to me on the internet. Like, don't say this to me on the, internet. Oh, you would only say it to me on the internet. And the guy responded, he goes, of course I would, because in real life you'd kick my ass. And he's like, all right, fair, fair, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but l- l- let's talk about some, some actual football stuff here. Great talk though, about content and uh, some of your experience. So a lot of people are either starting um, their dynasty league. So uh, leagues that go on for, a decade, maybe. Um, and they're having their startup draft soon. Some people might be uh, in their dynasty leagues and they're looking to trade. Some people might be doing their rookie draft. So a lot of people active right now. And, and what I want to do uh, for you is I'm going to give you two guys. I'm going to throw out like a bunch of random tidbits about these guys. And and you tell me if you were in a startup a dynasty startup today, which of the two guys you would prefer to pick and why? And if you are listening to this podcast and you play in a dynasty league and you already had your startup, Maybe this gives you some incentives to go trade for one of these guys if you like what what Joe or I have to say. So let's kick things off here. So first set of guys here, uh, Antonio Gibson we'll talk about first. Actually, I was all creative earlier and just like uh, typed out these. We can put it on the screen right there. Oh, look at that. Everybody knows what we're talking about now. So look at that. Uh, didn't go as far as a graphic or anything, but we'll go with that. So Ant- Antonio Gibson, 12-spot finish for PPR the last two seasons, number six in rushing yards, eight in total touchdowns, 11 in yards created for 2021. We know J.D. McKissick's back in 2022. Ron Rivera is talking about some, some wild D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, uh, theories about him and, and Brian Robinson. So you got some, some good, some, some bad things. And then we'll go to the, the other guy here. Saquon Barkley started off his career hot, you know, back-to-back seasons, over a 1,000 rushing yards, 91 reception his rookie season. Uh, fun fact, only Jalen Waddle and Quan Bolden, uh, Bolden and Michael Thomas had more receptions as a rookie. Uh, but the past two years, only 15 games played. He had the ACL tear, and then he was battling some other injuries. So uh, some pros and cons to both of these guys, and I feel like they're both kind of polarizing. People are kind of in, kind of out, maybe somewhere in the middle. So for you, Joe, Antonio Gibson or Saquon Barkley?
1: Saquon. And and I understand the injuries, but
0: he he's done
1: something for fantasy that we only wished Antonio Gibson has done. And Washington has essentially told us we don't want Antonio Gibson doing that because they re-signed JD McKissick. They actually made it a point to bring McKissick back after they had reported that he had left for Buffalo. They yep. drafted um they drafted Brian Robinson in the third round. Saquon right now he has the backfield to himself in new york basically unfettered behind a significantly improved offensive line mind you washington's offensive line got worse this offseason the Mm -hmm. nfc east has great offensive lines in general maybe the best of any division but i like i i think people are so down on saquon i'm gonna go with the guy who's done something we know now i totally understand the other side of this equation um but I'm just not buying Antonio Gibson right now. Um, I, I think there's things that washed, that he has struggled with, um, and not not like terribly, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Remember, he he's kind of new to the running back position. Yep. Maybe this will come back to bite me with Saquon. You know, Saquon um, last year of his deal. You know, but could he end up going somewhere else? And what if he has like a little bit of a renaissance year and then commands the market? Um, I like Saquon better for this year straight up, and that probably is a little bit of the tiebreaker for me in this one.
0: Do do you think that because of and this could be the same sort of conversation for like a, a guy like Christian McCaffrey, but we won't dive into his 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 case. But do you think that people too often don't know how to put draw the line between a guy is not good at football or lost a step or is not as good as we think, and they were just like injured? Because I feel like that's the case with Barkley. I feel like yeah. we've, we've seen his profile as a prospect, we've seen him as rookie season, but now you got these people that will voice that they think he's like bad at football but he was just injured at football yeah um
1: and and like the thing about saquon is i think his style you know like the barry sanders ish you know style yeah lends itself more to the oh my god he's bad at football takes because like you know if i don't think saquon not not to say bad offensive lines are good for any running back but I'm not sure his style is the one you particularly want behind a bad offensive line, because he's always going to look for the extra yard. And the problem is if there's no yardage to get in the first place, he's going to end up losing yards. So, um, like I, I wouldn't be shocked if like a year removed from that ACL, we see a better Saquon. I mean, that offense is going to be a lot better. I think under Brian Dable.
0: All right. All right. So Saquon Barkley for Joe, let's go to the next set here. Another running back pair. And uh, we got one rookie and, and one guy coming off of an injury. So Ken Walker, the third KW3, uh, Michigan State, second most rushing yards in college football last season. He had 18 touchdowns. Uh, profile is compact, very pow- powerful, a uh, big volume runner guy. Uh, a lot of people say he's the best pure runner out of this class. Some people might argue that. Second round pick 44 to Seattle. Uh, you got Rashad Penny, who was on fire last season. He should be he will be back. Chris Carson's a big question mark, uh, and then the other guy I want uh, want to have the the contest here for J.K. Dobbins. So following the bye is rookie season. He began playing over fifty percent of the snaps. If we count to Week Seventeen as a fantasy week in twenty twenty, he was the RB ten overall for uh, weeks eleven through seventeen and averaged seventeen fantasy points. So heading into this past season, he had the ACL injury, uh, and there's a chance he starts camp on the PUP list. So that's up for grabs there, but. Uh, two guys here, a rookie and a guy coming off an injury. Who do you prefer out of these two?
1: This one's super easy for me. It's Walker. Um, younger, uh, Graham Barfield thought he was the best runner in the class. I, um, I know I know. Greg Cosell thought Breesall was the better all-around back. But, you know, I think we've seen a lot of these guys in college just not be asked to catch the football. Who's to say Kenneth Walker can't do that? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the interesting thing, by the way, you did a really good job picking these uh, because these are two guys you were in – run heavy offenses. Yeah. I'm just going to go with the guy who doesn't have the torn ACL. Like, I, like, let me just throw that out there. And and somebody who I think is probably just based on my study, a little bit more gifted. I, like, here's the thing, though. Dobbins and Walker are two guys I've been kind of targeting a lot in early best ball leagues. Like, sure. everybody's like, oh, I don't know what to do with Walker. And then everybody said that. And now all of a sudden, he's a seventh and eighth round pick in best ball leagues. And I was like, all right, well, if that's the case, then I'm going to have a ton of Kenneth Walker. If, of if J.K. Dobbins is going to follow the fifth round, I'm going to have a lot of J.K. Dobbins based on that offense. But I'm, I'm going go to go to the guy with the cleaner medicals right now.
0: So, so with uh, with with Walker, and it, it was interesting because I I thought before that everybody was referring to him as Kenneth Walker, and now everything's Ken Walker. So I think he's yeah. in the NFL now, and he just said it's Ken.
1: He doesn't mind Kenneth, but he prefers Ken.
0: Okay, all right. Because I when I was first seeing everything, it was all Kenneth, but uh, Ken, yeah, yeah. Ken Ken Walker. But uh, I have to ask about Penny. Um, how how big of an impact do you think Penny is? Without diving deep into the analytics and yeah. and you know this and that, do you, do you think it's going to be a big committee? Uh, year one with these two guys or what, what's your thought process For as long
1: as Rashad Penny can stay on the field. Yeah. I mean, he's you know, still only 26. It feels like he's been around forever, but
0: you want to talk about a guy
1: with medicals. They signed him to a one year deal. You know, if Kenneth Walker comes back, comes out this year and is excellent, they're not going to bring Penny back or they're going to bring him back as backup. So that not like there are so few guys. And I guess you can maybe argue Dobbins is one of them. Although Gus Edwards is coming back as Probably well. That. There yeah. are so few guys who you could say, oh, man, that guy's got the backfield to himself. It's just not the case anymore.
0: Yep, yep. That's how the league is. Uh, league has been evolving, especially with uh, one of the next two guys here. But uh, last set of running backs we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a this or that for, but this one's interesting to me. Uh, so Brees oh. Hall, Iowa State, you know, he had back-to-back seasons above 1,400 rushing yards. He was a Heisman candidate two years in a row, 24 straight games with a touchdown, which was a record, 82 total receptions in college. Uh, 36 overall pick to the Jets lands on a team where Michael Carter exists that have some people concerned. Maybe not, but he seems to be the consensus 101. Uh, I was going to say in Superflex, uh, one quarterback seems to be that way in in any sort of format. But uh, Joe Mixon on the other side, career year in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, receiving yards, RB three overall finish, number three in rushing yards, number four in total touchdowns, number seven in evaded tackles, eight in yards created this past season. They have a, a core in this offense of uh, Burrow, Chase Higgins Boyd uh, just added Hayden Hurst uh interesting question because uh maybe people haven't drafted in their rookie drafts yet and and you're weighing out Joe Mixon or the 101 here but which of these two do you prefer
1: I'll take mixon and I'll take him by the narrowest of margins
0: this and is the this is the one that I like it that way because I I rather you, you you say something like that or just you know go go question a question and be like this one easy, yeah, easy like easy
1: for instance let's put it this way If I had – let's just say I have a good dynasty team that I think's got a shot to win the championship this year, and I just drafted Brees Hall, and somebody offered me Joe Mixon for him. Today, I wouldn't take that trade. Interesting. But if I had to pick between the two in a startup – it's just one of those – Like I always say this on on the radio or on the podcast. I hate when people offer me like – 50 50 trades at the same position.
0: Lateral movements. Like I'm like a, I'm like, against it.
1: I like, I'm not smart enough to make that call. Now, maybe if you're like, Hey, I need to win this week. And you know, I have Brees Hall and I love him, but he's on bye. somebody's offering me Joe Mixon. Well, maybe that's, that, that's something that, you know, changes the equation for you. But if we're just talking startup dynasty right now, here's the deal. I know Mixon's done it. I know what kind of offense he's on and they took care in the big way, their biggest weakness off season, the offensive line. I think the jets have a shot to have a good offensive line. But I mean, Mm -hmm. like, if you were to tell me right now in his first five seasons of the league, if I were to tell you this right now, Brees Hall would have three seasons of 1,100 plus rushing yards with 35 plus receptions. Any Brees Hall dynasty owner is going to be like, hell yeah, sign me up. Joe Mixon's already done that. Joe Mixon's only 25 years old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we think he's older than he actually is, too. And -hmm. and you also mentioned prospect. Yeah. 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 you, You also mentioned, uh, Guys, you know it, it's not very common anymore for guys to be like the guy and not really have somebody else cutting into the work. And you might look at, uh, you know, wh- what happened last season when he went down, but when he was active, it wasn't like yeah uh, ha- we're going to be worried about Chris Evans uh, cutting into the work like crazy or he rhined. Per- yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what about what about Fabrice Hall? Before we move on, though, with uh, Michael Carter, I know this is a uh, this has had. I'm not going to say people concerned because uh, he's still going as the one-on-one in, in almost every dynasty rookie draft I, I, I've done. But uh, what's your thoughts on Michael Carter? Because some people say, well, maybe he's the receiving back, but then other people say, well, Brees Hall can do that. So,
1: yeah. Uh, well, what's your thoughts? I mean, look no further than Joe Mixon, who was a great receiver coming out of college. And the Bengals have just never given him that. Not to say he doesn't do it. Like I said, he has three seasons of 35 or more, of, or more catches. You know, he's got four seasons in five years of 30 or more catches. The only time he didn't do that is when he missed 10 games uh, mm-hmm. two seasons ago. Um, but just because a guy can do it, doesn't mean the team will give him that role exclusively. True. Just like on the flip side with Ken Walker, just because some guy didn't do it in college doesn't mean he can't do it in the NFL. So, like, I look at those both of, both of those ways. I mean, Joe Mixon, he couldn't get more than 42 catches last year, and they're using freaking Samaj P. Ryan on passing down. So, you know, like, yep. uh, like for instance, like if Brees Hall came out and caught 43 passes this season, you'd be pretty freaking psyched about
0: that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then they
1: can still use Michael Carter and do that.
0: The uh, uh, you know, I looked at a set, of, a set of data, and it doesn't mean that if you catch 40 passes, you are a, a top five guy. But it, looking at like, uh, I think it was like 2018 through 2021, and uh, all the guys that finished top five for the running back position for PPR, not like 90% of them caught 40 passes or more. And then the, the percentages obviously go down, but um, it's a huge part of the game. That's uh, a big aspect you do want in your running backs, and both these guys can do it, but we'll see what uh. I guess what the receiving ceiling, uh, ceiling looks like in 2022. Uh, I want to shift over to the wider receiver position now and, you know, talking two big names again, uh, you mentioned kind of lateral trading and things like that, but these guys uh, I, I've seen takes a lot of takes on these two guys and, and where they rank in dynasty and the impacts of what's happened in the off season. So AJ Brown, we know blockbuster trade uh, happened. Eagles traded number 18 and number 101 picks for AJ Brown, and then they paid him right away. Uh, we saw this past season, uh, in the postseason, for example, five catches for 142 yards and a touchdown. He had 145 versus the 49ers, 155 versus the Colts, 133 versus the Chiefs. So obviously, this guy can take, you know, five, six, seven catches uh, and have that amount of, of yardage. So we know the ability. Mm-hmm. On the other side, C.D. Lamb lives in a world now without Amari Cooper, who is now on the Browns uh, wide receiver 15 in 2021, average 15.1 fantasy points, wide receiver 20 the season before. So he, he, he stepped up a, a bit there, uh, 231 targets, 2037 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns across two seasons. i S I've seen through the off season, these guys get ranked anywhere from like three to five, but now things change. And, and, and I'm curious to see how you weigh these two guys out.
1: Yeah. um, I'm like, I think A.J. Brown's probably the better player. I think he's probably the more ideal guy, of what you look for in an alpha number one wide receiver. But C.D. Lamb is two years younger. It's not like he hasn't produced. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in an offense where I just trust the quarterback more. And, and now Jalen Hurts has everything around him this year to be successful. The Eagles have two first-round picks next year. But C.D. Lamb's younger. He's attached to an offense where you know – You know that at the bare minimum, Dak Prescott's going to be a good quarterback. I don't know if he's elite or whatever that means, but at the bare minimum, you know he's going to be a good quarterback who can throw the ball. I'll I'll take Lamb here.
0: All right, all right. Uh, Quick, quick side question, and don't have to dive too deep into it, but uh, other people regarding A.J. Brown have have, have, uh, had some question marks around Devonta Smith. Does does AJ Brown's presence for you with Devonta Smith, has it changed your, your view of him in Dynasty at all or are you about the same with, with him?
1: I'm on Devontae? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm about the same on him. Um, and and, and let me let me do this to compare just to throw your
0: curveball. Of course.
1: Just to, like because we don't know who the Eagles' quarterback in 2023 is going to be. If it's Jalen, if it's Jalen Hurts in 2023, I'll assure you, Jalen Hurts played well in an offense that's going to throw the ball more. The Eagles are going to throw the ball more. They did they Absolutely. did what they did last year out of necessity. They they do not want to play that way. And if they can't play that way, Jalen Hurts is gone. Like I, I'll guarantee you that. And they'll use their assets to get a quarterback next year. The Eagles were the run heaviest team in 2021. Okay, let's flip over to maybe the closest facsimile that we can think of. And it's one that A.J. Brown already played in, by the way. The Titans were the third run heaviest team in 2020 with a quarterback who's a little bit better passer in Ryan Tannehill. uh, Probably a lot of bit better passer, quite frankly, but also significantly lesser as a runner. But they had Derrick Henry, so that throws things in. Uh, A.J. Brown had 70, 10, 75, 11 in 14, 14 games, despite Corey Davis also having 92 targets. He was the overall wide receiver uh, 7 in fantasy points per game. Corey Davis was the wide receiver 30 in that Tennessee offense. I think Devontae yep. Smith can produce just as much. Now, I also think Devontae Smith is better than Corey Davis, but you know, like just looking at yep. that offense and knowing that Philadelphia does not want to play that way. I think there's room for both these guys to produce. Oh, and by the way, that Titan team, Johnnie Smith and Anthony Ferkser combined for 118 targets. So there's room for Dallas Goddard to get his as well.
0: There we go. There we go. Because I think that's like the mindset some people have that, you know, I I don't know if I trust Hurts as a passer. They're going to throw the ball more. And I think some people's mindset goes to, well, if they're going to throw more, everything's just going to go to A.J. Brown in in this offense. But uh, I like the fact that you're bringing up some historical Ways that uh, offenses have worked and um, kind of paints the I'll picture be stunned better.
1: There, done if the Eagles run the ball fifty percent of the time this year, absolutely stunned. But like, and like, I think. By the way, I think they're going to give Hertz every opportunity, every single opportunity.
0: I agree. But yeah. if he
1: can't do it, they will go to Minshew and then they'll replace him next year. But I don't think that's going to happen with Hertz because of the respect mm-hmm. he's got in that locker room. But like, yeah. I, they do not want to play that way. I'll tell you that right now.
0: And they and they've invested too much to not, you know, to steer off of the direction that they're going. Uh they they've just invested too much the last two seasons. Um next one on our list here, and I I made it all uh you know caps lock if you're listening to this in your car later on this week. I I put battle of the big USC wide receivers because we're talking about uh two guys that were former teammates. Um interesting uh uh, battle here. So we got Michael Pittman, Drake London, Michael Pittman, wide receiver twenty one. Overall in 2021, number 14 in both targets and red zone targets, number 22 yards after the catch, 16 in receiving yards. And now we have a QB shift from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. On the other side here, Drake London, first wide receiver off the board in in this draft going to the Atlanta Falcons. 88 receptions for 1,084 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. His last season at USC, he had a you know an elite breakout age, elite market share metrics, uh, raw production. He was hyper efficient on his routes. Uh, big big battle. The USC guys here. Which USC wide receiver are you taking?
1: I'm gonna take Pittman. Um, he's done it already. Um, and and this is like I know London was polarizing. Scott Barrett's model loved him. I like think Wes Huber loved him. Um, obviously the Falcons loved him, they took him over every other receiver in this class. And that, but some of the film guys I trust did not love him. And Greg Cosell did not love Michael Pittman. Um, Interesting. I talked to another one of my buddies who works for an NFL team. And I, when he watched Gra- Drake London, and this is that whole contested catch profile thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and I know guys who, who, who just don't, didn't see that on London's tape, didn't think that was that big an issue. And I think that's totally reasonable. I know somebody who works for an NFL team. I want you to guess the, the comparison he wrote down for Drake London when he watched him.
0: So, so the fact that this, this can go a variety of ways, is it, is it a good player that he's copying or a bad player?
1: Uh, let's just put it this way. This player has not caught a pass in the NFL. He was drafted in the fourth round in 2019. He is no longer a wide receiver.
0: You know, uh, no longer a wide receiver still in the NFL.
1: If he oh. is, he's he's like hanging on like a dingleberry.
0: Oh man, I
1: Iowa State.
0: You know, I'm I'm not gonna guess. I was gonna go like a Nikhil Harry route or a, like a Benjamin or something. some like hakeem I was just gonna go. Butler. hakeem Butler. Butler. So that's not the comp of of Mike Evans that I, I've seen. Uh, uh, and times.
1: like the film guys I trust were like, there is no way this guy is Mike Evans.
0: And now.
1: The Falcons clearly think that, right? So you have to balance that based on, you know, like all these different evaluations. But I still look at Pittman as a guy who's coming off an eighty-plus thousand-plus yard, eighty-plus catch, thousand-plus yard season. Mm-hmm. Who, I, I don't know how you see it. I see a pretty significant quarterback upgrade
0: here i i agree i agree in a quick quick side question so for you you kind of analyzing how you feel about a player you mentioned you know scott barrett I, I read his wide receiver model it took me about you know 17 days to get through it it was a uh, you know i he, edited it so i know <laughs> oh yeah oh there we go there we go he, he had he he a note about it, that so he, yeah, he, he had a note about that that he, he spoke to his editor beforehand yeah. and uh should just name dropped you there but Um, you know, you have his piece, you have your buddy who says maybe the opposite of him. How how do you weigh out something like that for your own analysis? When you might, you know, you might respect what Scott has to say. You might have to respect your buddy from an NFL team. How how do you come in the middle? Yeah.
1: I mean, and look, I, I, I put London at like three on my dynasty rankings among this class, because I have to respect the fact that a number one, the Falcons took him at eight overall. Okay. So they think something number two, Whatever you might think about London, there is a lot of opportunity here for for him. Now, of course, it could be with Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, which is a significant say what you want about Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan's better than those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, And so I'm looking at it from that perspective. And then I also look at uh, two receivers I thought of today who are both in the 2014 NFL draft class who got – produced big time numbers at least at least medium to big time numbers early in their career before completely falling out of the league were jordan matthews with philly and kelvin benjamin with with the panthers so who's to say drake london can't come out and produce right away and then maybe some of these so there's so much to weigh with that but the fact of the matter is draft capital and opportunity for drake london are as good as anybody that we've seen come into the league in, in years
0: and uh, with, with uh, Michael Pittman Jr., before we move on, is is it an exaggeration to look at Matt Ryan and his new big man and say Michael Pittman's his new Julio, the new guy that, that's nice. going to be his, his, his like, he's feeding this guy like crazy until he's not a Colt?
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's tough to compare a guy to Julio. Um, yeah. because Julio was a freak show, but I mean, Matt Ryan's gotten the ball to Roddy white, like, you know, and Roddy white, isn't the Julio freak show, but he was a damn good wide receiver, six foot to 11 for quite a lot, of time. So, I mean, Roddy white had some big time numbers with Matt Ryan at quarterback. If, uh, if Michael Pittman puts up Roddy white numbers, I'll be pretty happy with this. Uh, that would be,
0: that would be nice for, uh, for our dynasty teams to say the least there. Uh, we'll probably do, do a few more, uh, We'll cut it before the hour mark here, but uh, I want to do another wide receiver comparison here. Two guys with an opportunity for some decent volume. Uh, Darnell Mooney out of Chicago, number 11 in targets and target share number 13 in air yards, number 15 in deep targets this past season, wide receiver 27 finish Uh, in 2022. He looks like he is the wide receiver one just on his own kind of Island right now, looking at that wide receiver room. Um, He he had a great season for, uh, for, um, you know stepping up with a, a huge amount of, uh, of, of targets compared to what we thought it was going to be, and then Corlin Sutton, on the other hand, you know, down year coming off of an ACL tear, uh, wide receiver 42. 2019, he had, uh, had a big season though. Uh, if we go backwards because we had the, the gap where he was hurt, wide receiver 18, he had uh over 1100 receiving yards that year. Now we got Russell Wilson in town, and it's going to be the best quarterback he's ever played with. Uh, you know, there's question marks right now because some people like to do this guy or that guy, but with guys on the same team between him and Jerry Judy, there's been some stuff going on with Jerry Judy that we're not sure what the outcome is going to be like. I actually have, um, have a guy coming on. Who's uh, like the fantasy lawyer that uh, I'm going to drop later, but uh, we're going to talk about that. But yeah, this is an interesting one though for you, Darnell Mooney or Cortland Sutton.
1: When I saw it on the list, the little rundown that you sent me, I thought my brain immediately goes, Oh, Cortland Sutton, he's playing with Russell Wilson. And then I actually looked at it, and then I realized Cortland Sutton, like, say what you want. I mean, the guy was a zero for fantasy this past year. He did play every game, which is good news. He's got 842 receiving yards the last two seasons combined and two touchdowns. Give me Mooney, man. And, like, Mooney Mooney had a 1,000 yards last year. I think, ideally, he's a number two.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: But courtland sutton's for whatever reason he's played in the league for five years uh, four years and he's had one really good season and and you can blame that on the quarterback i actually i i probably have these guys if i look at my best ball rankings these are these guys are probably ranked back to back for twenty twenty two 22 alone yeah. um but no i think i'll take mooney I'll, I'll take that speed um if justin fields develops um and that's a question right now and i'm not sure the Bears have put the right team around him to assist that, but you do know Darnell Mooney's getting a ton of targets this year.
0: It's almost like Sutton, uh, you know, I, I don't want to throw out this comparison because I haven't looked at it, but it's almost like Sutton's big season. Was he like in the shoes of Darnell Mooney with, um, being kind of one of the the lone guys who just, he was, he might be a wide receiver too for most teams, but he was just given everything. I, I I can't really think back to that but is it like a similar scenario
1: here's the thing um if you look at that team um the 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 2019 denver team first and foremost like if you compare guys stylistically um i don't think sutton and i i think mooney is kind of your classic x or or your classic z while while sutton is like your classic big bodied x but when it's interesting that you look at it that way because do you know who was second on that team in receptions that denver team
0: I, I couldn't I couldn't even spit out the names. That, 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 that's uh why I was struggling with it. Royce I, I Freeman
1: was second okay. on that team in reception. So, Royce that, I mean, Freeman.
0: He was by himself then.
1: Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, they had Emmanuel Sanders for seven weeks, traded him to San Francisco. Remember?
0: I remember that. I do remember that. Yeah.
1: So me. the number two wide receiver on that team,
0: Royce was, Freeman.
1: Was Deshaun Hamilton with 28 catches. Now, I mean, now they also had Tim Patrick at 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 um that year tim patrick by the way is 28 years old but you look at you look at denver well certainly yeah. jerry judy would be the second best receiver on over anything they've got in chicago right now you could argue he'd be the best but he hasn't really produced like that tim patrick would be the second best receiver in chicago right now like i mean i agree
0: 100 like, agree
1: hell kj hamler might be the second best receiver in I, chicago. Would, I would so, agree
0: to that as well yep.
1: so i mean i have to look at a guy in darnell mooney who like the yeah the, the track record's not long, but it's not long for Cortland Sutton either.
0: All right, but hey, let us let, do one more, and then the rest of them I'm just gonna spit them out, and you give me your okay. your one word answer. But this one's interesting to me, um, because uh, it's two guys on the same team, and, and I'm I'm kind of juggling my thoughts about who's gonna line up where, who's gonna be the wide receiver one on this team. It's tough for me because uh, like Scott and, and and you know Scott and I have, have talked about this before. I'm a, I'm a big Elijah Stan, I like had the Jersey right away, everything, but I got to respect Garrett Wilson, number 10 uh, draft pick off the board from Ohio state. You know, he profiles as a three level route runner, you know, solid uh, yards per route run separations. Great. Uh, A lot of people labeled him as the safest wide receiver in this draft class. And then we look at Elijah Moore on the same team. He hit 20 plus fantasy points uh, three times with four different jets quarterbacks, which Kind of says a lot, but uh week seven through 13, he was the wide receiver three overall averaging uh 17.7 fantasy points. And you know, I've been juggling this. Like who's, is is there going to be a clear, is it a one, a one B? Is it a one? Is it a two? Is one of these guys going to always be in the slot and the other guy's going to be out wide. Who's going to line up where I got all these questions, but for, for you, Garrett Wilson versus Elijah Moore.
1: I'll take Wilson only because I think his, his ceiling is like Stefan Diggs and this is going to be uh, this. This is probably the hardest one you've asked thus far. You know, Moore had a great like second half of the season, but ultimately, I mean, he had 538 receiving yards. It's not like he was rookie Randy Moss out there. So yeah, yeah. no, I'll take Wilson, who I really trust and like as a prospect, over Moore. This one is so freaking hard, though. I mean, let's let's be honest.
0: Like, do, uh, do you think? Do you think with the so uh, I saw so Greg Cosell also had or he he had the he liked more by the way. So yeah. like, okay,
1: this, this is one where. This isn't, like, Cosell, oh, no. like, where I knew he liked Michael Pittman. Like, if he were to evaluate those two guys, he would say he liked Pittman way more. Like, yeah. I don't think he'd say he'd liked Garrett Wilson way more than Elijah Moore. Interesting. I just think, based on his tape study. And the Stefan Diggs comp, Greg yeah. doesn't Greg doesn't look at what, like, other people are comping. Like, he doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. Like, I, the only one I do know is that he said, I thought the Mike Evans comps were ridiculous for Drake London. Um, but... A lot of people compared Wilson to Stephon Diggs, and Cosell was like, "Yeah, I think he's Stefan Diggs, like, or could be Stefan Diggs." So I'll go with the guy with the top ten draft capital, who I think's got a shot to be a really big time NFL receiver. Do
0: Do you think, and in, in in I don't you know I don't dive deep into this, but do you think that these guys are going to switch off who lines up out Absolutely. wide and in the slot? Absolutely absolutely like yeah I, th- I thought so too because people were telling me like you know what Garrett Wilson is going to kick Elijah to the slot he's always going to be there or vice versa I heard some people say Elijah was awesome out, out wide I think it's gonna be a mix
1: they can win in different places they can win in different ways like yeah. why would you put a guy in motion you know like why would you restrict yourself like that you know just line up these guys in the same spot when they can both do multiple things
0: absolutely all right all right so uh one, one word answer. Here's uh, the rest of them. Okay. One word answer. And then we're going to close this show out. Marquise Brown or Amon Ross St. Brown dynasty startup. Brown. Brown. The, the, right. Not
1: the, the secular Brown, not the, not the St. Brown. <laughs> uh, that's a tough one too, but yeah, I'll take Hollywood.
0: All right. Uh, Trey McBride or Brevin Jordan.
1: McBride easy.
0: I'm a huge McBride guy myself. And then last one on the list, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins
1: their car is the better shot to be a starter in 2023. So I'm taking car.
0: All right. All right. Well, if you guys uh, listen to this show live, appreciate it or uh, driving in your car or however else you consume your podcast, uh, Joe really appreciate your time. Uh, what's what's coming up for you that you want to drop before we close the show
1: uh, at FG underscore Dolan. I mean, just follow me up there. Uh, Fantasy points has so much stuff working on behind the scenes. Um, I'm, I'm going up to be a reverend here shortly. Um, but um. Stay tuned for the franchise focus series, which will start dropping mid to late June on on fantasypoints.com where we're gonna do like interviews with beat writers and stuff like that, get articles up breaking down all the teams with all of our staff. Um and stay tuned to uh, for our fantasy points YouTube page because I have a little a brainstorming a show uh that I'm gonna do every day in season during the week that I, I, I'm pretty excited about and uh we'll have more details on that
0: soon. Awesome stuff! Great stuff to look forward to. There, uh, you can catch this podcast live again on Thursday. Going to host Drew Davenport. We're going to talk about some some legal cases going on between guys like like uh, like Jerry Judy, Alvin Camara, and the uh, the fantasy impacts of that. Because he dives into that, and uh, excited for that. Uh, definitely check out Joe if you are not following him for some reason. You have to follow me. But uh, great great episode here, and uh, enjoy your guys' night.